On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I talk through how I stay productive and give advice on how to get out of a rut. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 31 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. For 52 weeks between the ages of 24 and 25, I'm going to be recording and releasing a weekly podcast to see just how much my life can change in a year. This is the story of growing a business, of growing as a person, and it's a completely honest view into my life as I take on some fairly unusual things. And this episode right here is all about week number 31 in that journey. Right, hello. I hope you're well. Um, it feels like it has been forever since we last spoke. I know that it was, of course, only seven days ago. But I don't know. It feels like an absolute lifetime since I last sat down here to record. Uh, but this has been a, a fairly productive week for me. And it's been a week where everything feels almost, dare I say, back to normal. From being in the office to travelling to London for a meeting and staying in a hotel for the first time in months, to going out for dinner at Miller and Carter and being out with others, this has definitely been for me, the least restricted feeling week since the end of March. And I'm all for it. I wouldn't go as far to say that I've missed weeks like this particularly, because I love locking myself away to focus on things, and I've never been a big fan of doing things like travelling for meetings, but it has still been nice to just get back out there this week. Now, although I've been having a productive and a good week this week, and I hope you have as well, I know that not everybody has. And I know that because I've had two messages in the last week, which are near identical in their undertone. One was an Instagram direct message out of the blue, and another was an answer to the do you have any questions for the podcast post that I put up on Instagram yesterday. So let me read to you both of the messages uh, to set the tone for what I want to speak about today. So the first is just a short question that was asked by somebody called Taffy and he asked, how do you feel motivated on days where you feel down in the dumps? And then alongside that, somebody called Talia messaged and said, could you talk in the future about how you actually get motivated to like care enough about yourself to try and better your life for people who feel really hopeless or stuck in a rut? And so this interests me. Because we've all just gone through probably the weirdest period that we have all so far lived through. Days have been repetitive, structures have been broken, many of the goals and plans that we had for this year have been thrown away. And so I think it's easy for us to all feel lost right now. And so as structure and hope returns for some people, uh, I think that what I want to do is take those two questions from completely different individuals and dig into why it feels like they're both asking the exact thing at the exact same time. Because the question is essentially, how do you find motivation or willpower to move past your current situation when you, cut, when you can't get out of a rut, when you're stuck, when you don't 
feel like you want to move, despite knowing truly deep down that you do want to move, right? Now look, before I go into talking about all of these easy sounding but hard to implement thoughts, I want to begin by saying this. I am no different. I find myself in ruts. There are days and there are weeks when I get very little done. There are periods of time where I feel like I achieve nothing. I too am guilty of comparing my progress to others at times to create the illusion that I'm standing still relative to those around me. But those days and those weeks are quite infrequent. Maybe due to some lucky genetic predisposition of mine, but I think more likely because of the systems that I have established to remove the guesswork. And I think that's how I can best answer these two questions, not with motivation or hollow words or theory, uh, but with talking through some of the things that I do myself to ensure that I have more good days than bad days when it comes to motivation and mindset and productivity. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with the big picture and then I'm going to zoom into some of the more granular ideas. So let's start here with the big picture. One million multiplied by zero is zero. Let's say that your motivation level tomorrow morning when you wake up is at one million. That's a lot of energy and focus to invest into something worthwhile. But if you don't have something worthwhile to invest it into, you're investing all of that positive energy into nothing, into zero, right? One million multiplied by zero is zero. And so that's where I'd start. Work out what it is that you want to do. And that could be as big as your life mission of the things that you want to have achieved before you die. Or it could just be small things like, say, a list of three things that you want to get done this week. Whatever time scale you work to, I believe that you need to have a goal in mind. Because as I've said before, for me at least, motivation comes from momentum. And to have momentum, you need to be moving towards something. And so that's what I do. I have everything from a big open-ended mission for Pata, which is to build the most effective business growth agency on the planet. So there we're talking on a scale of decades, right the way down to daily plans, monthly projects, and so on. Without moving in the direction of something, without knowing where you're heading, it's really easy to stay still. And without that momentum, by staying still, it can, it can feel impossible to get started. And so we start there with knowing where we're heading. But then there are some really practical things that you can do, or at least things that I do, to try and move forward each day and both gain and then not lose that momentum. And so these small habits that help me get moving and keeping moving, uh, they, they actually start the night before. There are a few things I will do almost all of the time, but particularly if I find myself slipping into a rut, to give myself the best chance possible of having a good day the next day. So the first thing I do is I reset my environments. My desk, my space in the office, my bedroom, I make sure that everything around me is in order. Now, I'm not sure if I'm alone here, but I know that one of the biggest subconscious distractions that I find pulls me away from being productive 
is mess around me. And so before I leave the office, I reset my desk. And before I go to bed at night, I reset my bedroom. Now, this is just really simple things. I I clean anything off of my desk, papers, put them away in the drawer. I straighten my screen, straighten my keyboard, straighten my mouse and just make sure that everything's tidy. Same with my bedroom. I just make sure that my clothes are laid out for the morning, that everything's neat, that everything's tidy, that anything like washing up is out of the way and is done. I take care of those things now so I don't need to take care of them later. If I, if I say, oh, I'll take care of all of that in the morning, I'm doing two things. A, I'm leaving it to chance that I'm actually going to be feeling up for it in the morning because we all have bad days, right? And B, uh, I'm stacking the odds against myself the next day because I've already added things into my day that I need to take care of before I can take care of the important things. So I do those two things and I set my environment up for success ahead of time. The next thing I do the night before to give myself the best chance possible of success is I plan the following day. So every night I will sit with a document template that I've created and I will plan everything I'll be working on that next day. Now, of course, it is entirely up to you what level of detail you go into, but my daily plan looks something like this. It's a checklist, it's a tick list in an app called Bear. And at the very top, I have my morning routine. Now, that's to ensure that I take care of that routine, that I take care of all of the important small things in the morning before I move into work. Because particularly when I'm working from home, I can sometimes find myself sliding across to my desk uh, and getting ready for the day two or three hours into the day, which I think is just a a bad thing to do. So I have that at the very top of my to-do list. And that's my small win in the morning, right? That's making the bed. That's getting ready. That's... Uh, having a greens powder that's taking supplements that's all of these small things that I know I can tick off my list and get the day off to a positive start to kick start that momentum and then I have my work priorities inside of that same template laid out like this I set one focus for the day that's the most important thing that I'm going to get done today and then I have a list of start of day communications I need to take care of I set these after the one priority task of the day because not to do so would be risking letting my inbox and other messages dictate my day, pulling my attention away from something that I know to be the one priority task of the day. So I take care of the most important task and then I reply to things like emails. And after that, I move on to two secondary tasks. Now these tasks are important. If I get the priority, and the two secondary tasks done in any given day, that day would have been a success. I will have moved the needle forward. And then after that, I have a list of reactive small tasks. So these are, for example, small requests which have come in by email that I need to get done uh, the following day, but that aren't high enough a priority to take up those first three slots. Now, unless these are really critical, I do them after the free vital tasks so that again I can work with intention rather than work reactively every time my inbox pings. And then after all of that I set two less urgent tasks. These are the kind of things that it would be good to get done but if I don't I can bump them onto tomorrow's to-do list and move them once again underneath all of the priority tasks. And then after all of that I have a little list to take care of any personal work tasks I need to do for the day, such as emails for the newsletter group or this podcast. 
And then for me, that's the working day done and it's all planned the night before. So from the moment I wake up until the moment I switch off and start getting ready for bed the next month, sorry, the next evening, I know exactly what I'm doing for the whole day. I don't leave anything to guesswork because guesswork turns into procrastination, which turns into negative feelings in the sense of not getting anything done. And that turns into slipping into a rut. So I design my day against it. And then the, f- the final thing I do the night before to set myself up for success is I get enough sleep. I aim for eight and a half hours of sleep per night. Now, truthfully, that often slips down to just over seven hours in reality. Uh, but the more sleep, the better for a bunch of obvious reasons. And within that, there are two key things, in my opinion, for you to consider. The first is the temperature of your bedroom. There's a bunch of science to link the quality of sleep to the environmental temperature around you. So it's nice and easy for me. I just sleep with my window open. And then secondly, and just as importantly, I charge my phone on the other side of the bedroom. And that has two benefits. Firstly, it's a kind of hard digital sunset. Once I make the decision to finish using my phone and go to bed, I no longer have the easy option of reaching my arm out to pick up my phone every five minutes when I can't sleep. And secondly, when I wake up in the morning, I'm encouraged to get out of bed rather than grabbing my phone and sitting in bed for the first hour of the day staring at social media apps. So I do those two things uh, by not having my phone anywhere near me before I go to sleep. And so I sleep and then it's the morning and this is the day when we're going to get out of our rut. Now, for me, my morning routine is fairly loose. I've tried overcomplicating it in the past, uh, but I know myself well enough to know that I don't get a lot done first thing in the morning. Dragging myself out of bed is about as big an achievement as I can muster up in the first hour of the day. And so I keep it simple. I get ready, I get dressed, I have a few supplements and a greens powder, and then I get started with work. Now, My working day follows the structure I've just spoken about, uh, but there are a couple of other things that I find useful when it comes to productivity during the day. The first is that I try and get the most important task of the day, that priority task that we spoke about, done, fasted, without having eaten. It's just personal preference, but I find that working for a couple of hours in the morning before I've eaten Uh, gives me the most productive period I have all day. Now, there is science, which I don't pretend to understand, which goes into the reasons for that, the reasons that eating, sorry, working whilst fasted allows you more focus uh, with things like blood sugar regulation and so on. I don't pretend to know the science, but what I do know is that it works, and so I do that. Uh, Now, something else that I have trialed and errored with for the longest time is what I'll call distraction blocking. So uh, ways of removing or reducing the chance of being distracted during the day by things that you don't really want to be doing, but that you will slip into doing and they will drag your attention away from what you do want to be doing. So right now in the domain of distraction blocking, I do a couple of things. The first is that I keep my phone out of the way when I'm doing focused work and I have all of my phone calls redirected to my MacBook, meaning that I never miss anything important. So phone calls still come through, but my phone is out of arm's reach so that I can't habitually grab it and start scrolling social media apps. 
And if you want to do that and you have both an iPhone and a Mac device, you can go into FaceTime on your Mac and then into Preferences and you'll find an option in there for call forwarding through to your laptop. It's super simple to set up and I highly recommend that you do that. So that allows you to keep phone-based distractions out of the way. And then in regards to websites I habitually use, I currently use an app called Freedom, which allows me to block websites I don't want to visit. Um during times when I'm, you know, trying to get work done. So you can set it for set periods of time and then you just cannot, much like maybe what you had in school with a website blocker, you just cannot visit those sites. There's no way around it. So you slowly work yourself out of the habit of habitually visiting websites. Like, particularly during this coronavirus stuff, I would, you know, without even thinking, visit the BBC News website maybe 40 or 50 times a day just like I say completely habitually so I've blocked that can't go on it when I'm trying to work and so that's how I give myself the best chance possible of focusing something else that I find useful particularly if you're in a noisy environment so if you're working from home maybe or if you work in an office which is loud as well as the obvious which is noise counseling headphones there's an app called brain fm so you go to brain.fm either in the app store or in your uh, web browser on your computer and it plays something very similar to what's known as binaural beats to help you block out background noise and focus on what it is you're working on now they claim that there's some clever science going on i'm not sure what's going on with it but it works for me and finally when it comes to how i get the most out of the working day uh, both caffeine and water are super powerful tools when used correctly for focus and staying alert. I'm still trying to work this out many years into experimenting with the right balance of the two, uh, but the only thing I will say is that the one rule I have surrounding caffeine is that I have a hard stop at or before 4pm to ensure that I get a good quality of sleep later on in the evening. I believe that the half-life of caffeine is seven hours, so um, if you have a coffee at 5pm, half the amount of that caffeine is still in your body at midnight so you really want to be trying to stop drinking caffeine as early as possible in the day uh, so uh yeah sorry i got distracted there <laughs> ironically um the other thing i try and do and this is every day whether i'm working or not is i like to try and go on an aimless walk every day a walk where i set out and i don't know where i'm going i have no plan i have no time limit i have no agenda uh, sometimes I do that of a podcast, sometimes without, uh, but I find that during those aimless walks, I have the best, the most useful force. So that's really worthwhile. And so they're the light rules I use to try and get as much done during the day as possible. For me, it's those two important components, setting myself up as best as possible so that's the night before and then giving myself the best chance possible during the day with the correct systems the correct plan and the correct environment now all of that works for me it's a constant shifting moving experiment that i am continuously trying and failing at continuously attempting to improve but right now that's where i'm at that's a good structured balanced day for me but i would add one more thing it's okay to have shit days. It's okay to have shit weeks. I know that many of the things I speak about on this podcast are performance focused. 
I tell you how busy I've been and how much I've been getting done. But sometimes that's not the case. And I've got better over the years at just accepting that, that you don't need to be super productive all of the time. Life is a long game. It's played on a scale of decades, not days or weeks. And so I'm no longer overly hard on myself during those times. I just accept that it's part of the ebbs and flows of life. It's also for that reason that I give myself every single Saturday off as a non-negotiable now, during which time I do zero work. It's just another way of lightly resetting and accepting that you can't be all go all of the time. And so that's it. That is the, I guess, the, the bird's eye view of what I do to keep myself out of ruts, which, like I say, I absolutely fall into. But I'm getting better at avoiding them. And I don't think you avoid falling into a rut through chance. I know that it feels like this helpless and this out of control thing uh, when you're in one. But for the most part, at least, uh, much of the things that cause you to be in that rut in the first place, you can design against. And lots of the things that allow you to get out of that rut and get some momentum in your life, you can design for. And so that's kind of what I've tried to share with you today. And really, that's all I have. Um, I hope that some of you found value from that. Like I say, I can only speak for what works for me. And maybe none of this will work for you. But hopefully some of the ideas that I've just spoken about will work for you. And that is everything I have. Um, Thank you, as always, for listening. Just before I go, I want to thank especially everybody who has signed up for the email newsletter. Now, look, I apologize. I know I talk about it constantly. And as much as I love this podcast, I do truly believe, and I tweeted this today, I truly believe that the best content I'm putting out right now is those free four and five hundred word emails. I just, there's something... It's like a happy medium between Twitter, which is too short, and these podcasts, which which allow me to go on for arguably too long. Those middle length emails, um, I just find that I can get my thoughts across so clearly in them. So thank you if you've signed up. Thank you if you've left me any feedback, either by responding to the emails themselves or sharing it on social media. I really do appreciate it. We're 10 emails in now. I believe I've committed to do 104 of them in the space of this year so it's still early days but the traction's great the feedback's great and i'm really enjoying it if you haven't already signed up for the emails you can do so by heading over to seanspooner.co.uk forward slash email it's two boxes just fill in your name fill in your email address and you will be signed up Uh, and the last thing as always please do share this episode with somebody if you found value from it more than maybe any episode I've ever recorded before. I think that today we've spoken about something that can and will help many people, right? Falling into a rut, feeling helpless, feeling like it's just impossible to get started uh, is something that we all experience, whether we admit it or not. And, you know, like I said before, what I've shared in this episode might not work for you but I know that it works for me and so if you know somebody who might need to hear this episode I encourage you please do share it with them or just share it on your social medias make sure you tag me in it if you do of course you can find me at Spooner Sean right I have recorded this one late again so I'm gonna rush off to get this edited and then get 
to bed. Um, Thank you as always for listening. I hope you have a good week and I'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 32 of Life and Lessons. See you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.